I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good afternoon to you. A warm welcome from us here at AusBiz. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two expert guests, all in the course of an hour. Friday, 11th of February, I'm Nadine Blaney. I haven't been sitting in this seat for quite some time, so it's a pleasure to be bringing this program to you and a pleasure to have the chance to speak with our two expert guests who are here for the whole hour, Jumbei Liu from Tribeca Investment Partners and Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Mark, welcome. Nice to see you in the studio. Hi, how are you going? You dodged the rain in Sydney? Yeah, I think it's, it's been pouring about the last three times I've walked down here, so it's a bit of a dodge underneath the awnings. Yeah, but, um, well, we appreciate you uh, coming in. And Junvei, everything's going well with you. I know this is a very busy time of year for, for everyone working in markets with reporting season really getting underway this week. Oh, absolutely. Look, things are going very well. But what's interesting is that though the uh, the results are coming out as expected, or if not better, uh, we just the market is going through its own tantrum at the moment with the macro overlay of the interest rate potential going higher. Um, and the market is going through its, uh, its uh, readjustment of the expectation. Look, the macro always creeps into the conversation, but we are going to keep it pretty stock specific. So with that in mind, Let's uh, go through some of the stocks that we'll be talking about over the next hour. CBA, G&G Engineering, Seven West Media, Mervat Group, and Sonic Healthcare. So those are the five stocks that we'll be discussing in the first half of the program. Let's get to the stock of the day. And I thought we'd take a look today at Baby Bunting. So it failed to provide full-year earnings guidance, again, blaming the uncertainty caused by COVID on the retail space. Profits increasing some 16%, uh, all stores remaining open, which is surprising, paying out a 6.6% per share dividend. Online sales did the heavy listing, up nearly a third during the six months to December. Shares, though, coming under pressure in morning trade. So let's get the view on Baby Bunting uh, with Junbei Liu from Tribeca to start. Junbei, look, positives are sales momentum, margins increased. Uh, also, those online sales hitting 24% of sales. What what were the negatives? I mean, why is the market not liking this one, do you think? And do you? Yeah, look, the, the main reason the market is a bit negative is that they didn't really provide a guidance. <laughs> so that, um, that is creating a bit of issue. And also, at the same time, they're building a lot of inventory. Um, you know, the inventory is growing really, really fast, um, you know, post the Christmas um, promotional period. Um, so I think the days of inventory is climbed to 216 days. So it, that, that's what it is. Um, but overall, the result was pretty solid, was pretty good. Um, there was good growth, uh, talking to, to good growth, but um, obviously t- uh, with that, outlook the company sort of um, saying uncertain and the reason it's uncertain for this company is because uh, it's been a huge beneficiary of COVID um, and um, and um, you know it's the sales how it what it might look like going forward um, in the next six to 12 months might be a little bit uncertain. also is that this company go ahead sorry Jinbei Oh, I was just thinking this company is actually a fantastic business. Whenever it gets sold off, um, you know, really should take that advantage, uh, take take the sell-off um, advantage to buy this business. But store rollout is still um, still a lot to go, and 50% of its store still less than five years old, which means its uh, its margin will continue to expand. And uh, you know, once we're through this cycle, this company will make significantly um, more uh, more money than what it was. So it's a great company; it should be really buying on the week. Well, that's a buy coming from Junbei. Do you see it any different, Mark? I mean, it is in retail. It's in specialized retail. We're going to keep having babies. Well, yeah, particularly if there's lockdowns, I suppose. <laughs> so, um, look, I, I've got four daughters. So I'm pretty uh, familiar with this uh, with this store. I think I've probably bought about six prams over the years. So they, they tend to, uh, there's always something new or more convenient. Um, Look, not providing the guidance obviously um, hits them a little bit. I, I don't, I, you know, NASDAQ ne- um, negativity and the bond yields being higher probably didn't help realistically overall. But in looking through the numbers, 
seemed to me like they were fairly solid numbers. Um, one thing that no one else has said is that they've got no supply chain issues, uh, whereas everyone else has sort of flagged that. So um, their costs were up a little bit. They're, I think they missed a little bit on expectations on a beta. Um, look, and they are they are slightly higher PE, but as Jumbo said, like they you know they've got some stores in early stage, so that's perhaps justified. Um, look, they pay a dividend. Um, yeah, perhaps we probably wait till the smoke clears a little bit with these, um, you know, with these benchmark yields going through, you know, pretty significant highs at the moment. I think there could be some overall weakness. I probably wouldn't be buying necessarily today, um, although I don't know why on the back of those results the stock's really down, to be honest. It, um, they look fairly positive to me, but I think you may get them slightly cheaper just on the broader market pulling back a little bit. But I, I agree with you, but um, you know, I'd be buying the dips on this one, so... But not today, so it's not going in the portfolio. Them's the rules, folks. And we will update you as to how we will run the portfolio from here on in a little bit later in the program. But um, interesting one to keep in mind, baby bunting, stock of the day. Let's go to what perhaps is the stock of the week. And uh, this one is coming to us from Bridget CBA. CBA, buy, hold or sell, Bay. Look, um, I would say, um, you know, this is very much a, a micro call. So I would say uh, CBA is a buy um, because the operating environment does look like it will get better with the potential um, expected higher interest rate potentially take place, um, you know, later part of this year. Now, the banks are very, very leveraged in terms of earnings margin uh, to the higher interest rate. So once Reserve Bank interest rate, the bank will push it through in their mortgage market and then the, the margin will start to expand in six month time. So it's very leveraged. Uh, look, amongst all the banks, this is the most expensive, but it is the most uh, the best operating bank. Um, aside from NAB, it also has reported very strong result. Um, so out of the bank pick, I would say, you know, this one is very solid, pays a good dividend yield, have a two, announced $2 billion buyback. Um, you know, it looks, it looks reasonably positioned at least for the next six months um, as the interest rates start going higher. Yeah, this is very much, Mark, a macro call. Banks make more money when they can charge more money uh, of their customers. I mean, that's a pretty pretty simple equation. And Matt Coleman, we interviewed him this week, Kashi did, and uh, he really laid it out in that interview exactly how it impacts uh, earnings. And so you can go back and take a listen to the interview, but um, there should be pretty good times ahead as long as the economy continues to go strong and as long as they haven't uh, you know, been lending to people who won't be able to service those loans. Yeah, look, I don't think that's going to necessarily be an issue with unemployment at 4.2% or 4% or whatever it is um, at the moment. Um, realistically, people are going to be able to, to repay those loans. Um, I think that's probably uh, the key thing to watch out for in terms of um, you know, defaults is if the unemployment rate starts to go up. At the moment, it's the opposite problem. We've got labour shortages, etc. So and wage cost pressures to the upside. Um, look, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a massive fan of the big four generally. Uh, obviously, we've always got uh, clients with it on, so mm -hmm. I get asked these questions a lot. Um, CBA is a staple for anyone who, um, who wants to hold the big four uh, overall. So I'm just going to call it a hold. Um, I much prefer Macquarie Bank. Um, the bank's ETF uh, for the US banks has been going quite well as well. They're going to get mm -hmm. that rate hike a bit sooner and probably a little bit more aggressively. Um, and it's, it actually, it's sitting at record, well, 52-week highs uh, at the moment. Um, so they're with Macquarie Bank around here at 190 and you know, that, that ETF performing quite well. That, that's my preference in the financial sector. Um, but look, for conservative investors who want the dividend yield and the franking credits, then I think, yeah, it's definitely a hold. It's, it's performing quite well. But um, if you're looking for growth out of a stock, I, I just, I would generally just not really considering the big four. They've got a lot of those fintechs eating away at their high margin businesses. Um, and look, the interest rate um, environment will help them, don't get me wrong. But, um, but yeah, I, at, 90, at 99, look, I, I, you know, there's a lot of decent dividend stocks out there at the moment that have potentially got capital growth as well, share price growth. So it's not really one for me generally. And obviously with Macquarie at 190, saying they've got record profits upcoming and not being very specific. And with the history of under- Promising, under, promising over delivering. Promising delivering, I, I'd, I'd much rather be in that. So, and the dividend yield's fairly similar. So, but yeah, 
it's a hold for me. Bonus buy from Macquarie, though. We'll end that one there. Get to G&G Engineering Services from Murray. Hi, Murray. I hope you're watching. G&G is the ticker code. Now, Murray provided a lot of background on the company. So it is, you know, engineering services in, in a nutshell. So it does a lot for the mining and mineral processing industry. Um, it's, uh, as Murray points out, paying a 9% plus grossed up dividend. Maybe I'll start with you on this one. Uh, Mark, what do you think of G&G Engineering Services? Look, it's, um, it's, not, it's not a sector we generally focus on, particularly of late with the high labour costs, etc. Um, and West Australia being shut, crippling you know, the industry a bit. I think they're, they're fairly geographically diverse. Um, Wallies is one that we're, we're long in this sector um, from, you know, sort of towards the bottom of the range there. Um, quite like the, uh, I, I quite like their shift into green, um, mm -hmm. into the green uh, service, well, services, so which, which will be a growing business. However, their PE is infinitely higher than, this, than these guys. So, um, look, it, the chart's super solid. Um, it, you know, we, we're hopefully coming out of lockdowns, et cetera, so those labour costs were... Um, May drift back. Uh, look, I'd, I'd probably say it's a hold at this stage. I don't think um, I can buy it up here with uh, sort of these, these lofty heights, but it's been a solid performer. Its PE ratio is in around about the sector average. Um, so, yeah, look, if any, maybe if anything, I'd, I'd be more inclined to slightly, you know, slightly trim just in case we get any more, any further shocks in terms of, um, you know, COVID, but because it has had a really, a really great run. But you know, if you're hunting for yields, um, then you know it's, uh, it's it's not a bad one. Um, yeah, but uh, at the okay. moment, I'm at the moment I'm pro well, probably not Wally at these prices, but on a dip, I'd probably be, be preferring something like Wallies. I mean, they're not necessarily like for like, but. Um, so to gain exposure to that general thematic, that's yeah, how you would do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Jumbe Lu on G&G Engineering Services, because this is, again, I mean, it's a reflection of what's going on in the macro environment. There's a lot of exploring, there's a lot of digging going on right now. So this company is poised to gain in, in such, such um, fertile times, but the, the cycle will turn, right? Yeah, look, it's true. The cycle will turn. And um, I, to be honest, I had a look at their recent results. Um, it actually looks... This company hasn't really been impacted by all that severe labor that other mining services companies are experiencing. So it's actually done incredibly well. Um, look, the company, it doesn't look expensive, trading on just under 10 times next year's earning, uh, or this year's earning. Um, and, um, and I think it's performing really, really well. If anything, I think this company is probably the um, a good pick out of the crop. You know, so far this year, well, so far this week, actually, we heard from Downer talk about uh, wouldn't give guidance. We talk about, you know, labor shortages, high costs, disruptions. Uh, we got Simic, also had very poor results. Um, so look at this one, actually, it looks pretty strong. So I would say that um, I would put a buy on this one. Um, given its performance so far, execution's been really good, and it's got a very good pipeline as well, and continued contract win. Um, so, and it's not expensive, um, and it sits in that value bucket. It gives a good dividend yield. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a buy. Okay, I love when we get a bit of uh, disagreement as well. <clears throat> Pick your, choose your own adventure if you're, uh, if you're Murray. Thank you so much for the question. Let's get to, <clears throat> excuse me, the next on our list, which is Seven West Media for David, saying, I know you've covered Seven West uh, fairly recently, but given that uh, reporting is coming next week, the company reports, and David, and think that this is so good when our viewers give us context, he's considering selling them. And he bought them, Jumbe, at just over seven cents. So asking for a little bit of guidance. I mean, do you wait for the report? Do you look to sell? Would you be selling into strength? Uh, look, uh, uh, it, he, first of all, the viewer has done incredibly well. If you bought it just after seven cents, just, you know, the share price uh, is just around about 70 cents. Um, so look, I think in terms of cycle, you still got a little bit more. Recent SMI data has shown TV market has grown incredibly. He's still doing double digits. Um, now, in terms of the rating, I think, you know, Channel 9 started stronger because of the tennis and things, uh, whereas Channel 7 hasn't started as strong, but still, it's holding its ground. So, I think earning is going to be in a big upgrade over the, at least the next 6 to 12 months. Um, the result is coming through. I think it will be very, very strong. Um, and don't forget, this, this is also a, um, an election year. And remember, every election year, TV market benefit enormously because of the, um, you know, the, the election campaign that has run. 
So, you know, TV expect to have very strong TV market and this one's the only pure play. Uh, now, understandably, this is a, uh, it, it's a traditional media, so it doesn't have long run rate because it's in structural decline, but you're paying very little. You're paying something like three times, uh, sorry, not three times, four times. Uh, it's earnings, um, just assuming in four years, uh, selling all the TV revenue shut off, this is how much you pay for it. So it's very cheap, it's in earnings upgrade. Um, and I would wait for the results. Um, you know, it depends on market volatility that you can get the profit. But look, it's, um, it's something that still have very strong earnings growth for four months. Yeah, so be patient. Don't hit the sell button too soon is what Jimbei oh, is oh. saying. Yeah, this is for David. Mark, I think he raises a good point though, is that sometimes it's just as important to know when to sell. Uh, if you've had a good run with mm. something, you know, you're, you're, you don't hold all companies forever. So uh, given what Junbei has said in terms of strategically waiting for this report, the cycle has a little bit left uh, juice left in it. Would you mm. agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that, I think that election year um, piece that Junbei mentioned before is, is key. And um, there's going to be a bit of a battle over the election as well. So I think spending is going to be through the roof uh, overall. Uh, that yeah, that PE yeah, PE is super super low. Um, look, it was just great buying from the viewer. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, I think at this stage, it probably just affords you a, a bit more um, a bit more leeway to hang on overall. Um, and seasonality wise, both um, both seven wests and nine. You know, February's one of the February March are they are they better months basically. Um, the gen, I look, looking at the seasonality in, in share price performance, basically around when they report, uh, the, basically the, by far the two strongest months for, uh, for both the companies. So I'd be, uh, yeah, with, with uh, media spend going up as well, um, yeah, I, I'm very happy to hold on to this. I'd, I'd, be, you know, I'd be fairly inclined to, uh, to, to uh, buy this. Um, we've bought nine, um, the last two reporting uh, earnings seasons, um, in the weeks leading up to it, and mm-hmm. done relatively well out, um, well out of it. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, nine's got a yield, I suppose, but it's uh, but this one, you know, where um, with that media spend coming up for the election, I, you know, there's no need can, to go anywhere. They can flag a really positive outlook, which the markets received mm-hmm. extraordinarily well generally. So. I think, yeah, I think it's fairly cheap. I'm, I'm happy to call it a buy at the moment, yeah. Okay, so that's actually a buy from Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. David, congrats. Everybody's agreeing that you've done really well on this company. And I've got to say, the voice generations, I mean, my household was hooked. I don't know about you and your four girls. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think nine might actually do quite well out of this upcoming interview with the, uh, the Prime Minister's wife. I don't know if anyone's seen some of the ukulele playing that's been put out there today. It's... Oh, uh, <laughs> Oh dear, is right. Okay, let's get back to our business of stocks. And this is for Harry Mervac. Uh, Jimmy, I'll start with you. So Mervac reported this week. Um, in the wake of that, it's got its par- target price cut by Morgan Stanley. But uh, we've got also a report here saying from City saying that Mervac's first half miss uh, presents a pretty attractive opportunity for investors to get into the company. Jimmy, what do you think? Look, I think it, Mervac is a high-quality business. Um, look, yesterday's share price went down. It's partly because you know people are expecting a big upgrade, and it obviously comes through yet. Um, so, and operated by very uh, conservative management, so you know it's nothing to be worried. Result was good. In the result, um, actually, what's really strong was the residential um, sort of side of the business. Um, so, remember, Mervac, uh, they they have big exposure to. Uh, not single home, but multi, you know, like the apartments and the big buildings. So that took a long time. Um, uh, the multi-home buildings took a long time to turn. Um, and then, then we see it's turning. So that contribution is actually becoming quite strong. Um, and, you know, and that, that was a very good result. Now, going forward, I would say Mervac is more of a hold because, um, you know, first of all, the housing market is going through, well, next 12 months, you can say that housing market will be a little bit more challenging. Um, not a collapse, but will be a little bit more challenging because of high interest rate. Um, and at the same time, it does have, uh, you know, has very high quality retail and office assets. So with high bond yield, uh, it tend to get uh, valued a little bit lower. So on that basis, you know, it's a, it's more of a neutral, it's a hold. Um, it's a small dividend yield, but very high quality assets. So, um, you know, for investors want, uh, you know, tiny yield, but, you know, high quality asset and willing to ride through the cycle, um, then you can have it in your portfolio. 
Got it. It's a hold from June Bay for Mervac Harry. Um, Mark, what do you, uh, you know, the number crunchers at macro sort of think about Mervac? Yeah, look, it's got a macro score of about 5.8, which is reasonable um, out of 10. Um, we, we much prefer the industrial rates. Um, so, uh, CIP is one of our favourites. Or um, I mean, look, we've got uh, AFR article just recently saying industri um, industrial rents could be up by 50% over the next four to five years. So um, we probably prefer that space. I don't think there's anything wrong with the company. I tend to agree with Jumbo. Like, Higher interest rates, residential properties, you know, very toppy at the moment. I mean, mind you, everyone says that every three years and they're still going up. But um, many analysts have been, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, put in, into the fire on that one. But, it's like um, weather, for, forecasting the weather yeah, when it comes to yeah, housing prices. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, but yeah, look, I, I couldn't go more than a hold uh, overall. Um, we're not big on uh, residential uh, at the moment. We just think there's too, just a little bit too much risk there. Um, in terms of the office space, high quality stuff like Dexas is trading at um, sort of, you know, anywhere from 5 to 10% discount to NTA at the moment. And they've got a higher yield as well, and they've got high quality um, buildings like Chifley. So I, we would prefer something else in that space. So there's just better options, essentially. Um, you probably maybe consider it if it gets a, if it gets a little bit cheaper, but uh, I don't. You know, as I said, there's nothing wrong with the business. Um, the consensus from analysts is that it's a buy, with you know potential twenty percent upside in it overall. But um, I just think there's there's better places to have your money at the moment. And um, if it dips any further and and the and the stats look a little bit better, then then potentially you know it, it could be. Um, it could be an option, but uh, we're pretty bearish on construction as well, just with the rising, um, I know they do a little bit of construction um, as part of this. So yeah, we're, we're um, with the rising input costs and things um, on those developments, you know, there's potential risk for the for um, projects to blow out, et cetera, so. Got it. All right, that's a hold at best coming from Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Let's get to number five on the list, which is Sonic Healthcare. The ticker code is SHL. This is for Verity. Good afternoon to you. Hope you're watching or listening because we'll get Junbei Liu to start the conversation on Sonic Healthcare. Uh, look, there has been very strong demand for PCR testing. I don't need to tell you why, Junbei. I'd love to go an hour without talking about it. But does that mean that sort of earnings have peaked for the likes of Sonic Healthcare? Absolutely. So, you know, we, we have heard from all of its uh, competitors and the like, and the numbers down significantly. If you look at the, its U.S. competitor, LabCorp, um, you know, the consensus expectations is that it will be down, you know, 70% this year in terms of testing. Um, you know, there will be still some ongoing uh, testing to place, but, you know, these businesses make a lot of money out of testing, and, um, and then that business is um, now, for the core business, I think we'll do better because the competitors have shown sort of organic growth coming back, sort of mid-pricing the digit type of volume growth, which is good. And Sonic is a high-quality company. And, um, you know, eventually when market moved past the current extraordinary amount of earnings, um, it is still a long-term structural growth leader. Now, for the time being, we have seen all the stocks when they struggle, uh, when the earning has to fall for the next 12 months, it's very difficult for market to really get excited or to jump back in and buy them. So, you know, I think this stock, um, you can buy it cheaper. Um, and um, and then it's something that, you know, in 12 months, the earning will definitely look a lot better um, as they start to grow from a lower base. Because they do have a very strong balance sheet, correct me if I'm wrong. So will we start to talk about acquisitions in relation to Sonic as well? Yeah, look, Sonic is a very acquisitive um, a business. And so it's very likely they will go and spend and buy things. The problem is the market, um, so, well, they haven't really demonstrated a really strong track record in terms of generating return out of those acquisitions over the last 20 years, pretty much. Um, because it's a slow process in terms of how you get synergy and all of that. So, um, look, I'm not sure if market will give them better of doubt straight away, but it will be, you know, accretive on, on paper. So out of the whole testing space, I think, Primary, uh, uh, primary. The um, Helios is yeah. the one that you probably looks more interesting because it, you know, it is smaller, it's cheaper, more domestically focused. It's got a lot of self-help. Uh, there's cost out program, so that it will give you a little bit more growth um, in under the same environment. You know, and things less. Um, so I think if you want to buy one, um, primary is the uh, Helios is the one to buy. <laughs> got it. Thank you. That's a bonus buy from Jupe Lu and Mark. Can you disagree with something that she said, or are you thinking no, the same well, sort of thing? Strangely enough, Helios is one of our favourites at Macro as well. Okay. So, um, 
and they're going to really benefit from. Um, I mean, we're talking more about the bonus buy than the stock from the viewer, <laughs> but. Okay. Um, but look, they, they do have uh, a lot of day surgeries, et cetera, which are actually going to probably fill the gap um, from the drop in testing, uh, which has um, given them a nice spike in revenue uh, over this period. So, yeah, we, we, we like Helios as well. So um, we've, held, we've held that for quite a while now. Um, but uh, with, a, with a lack of reporting, that sort of tends to stay fairly stable, uh, generally, that stock. But um, And as well with Sonic, I, I think they've... they've They've been a bit of a Clydesdale in terms of they've plotted along, they're super reliable, great balance sheet, super, I don't want to say boring business, but no, they've just, you know, they've chipped away really well for a long time. Obviously, they've got this spike from the PCR testing, etc. Um, the rest of their business isn't going to make up the difference, say, like a, like a Helios will, in my opinion. Um, so I think they've made a recent acquisition in the US as well, that, and they as Jumbe said, they don't have a, they don't have the best of track records. So it's certainly not like a CSL, which mm-hmm. has got a great track record. Um, so look, no, it'd be at best a hold from me. It's below the 200-day moving average now as well overall, which it, it you know, when it dips below there, generally it, um, it'll sort of, it rarely does dip below there. But uh, yeah, if they're going to have, if they're going to have, you know, negative or uh, dropping earnings mm. over the next year. I, you know, I don't think there's a reason to be in the stock. So, um, yeah, at the moment, I, I, yeah, I'd be either a sell or a hold, essentially, um, and because I think you'll get either better opportunities or the, or the stock cheaper. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, let's get to... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Thank you. A little bit of a sum up, starting with the stock of the day. So baby bunting is a buy from both of my guests saying that it reported quite strong. Uh, look, it's uh, perhaps being beaten up a bit because of the broader overall sentiment in Mark's view on markets, but both agree that it's a high quality retailer that seems to be making the right moves and does have growth in its forecast as it opens up those New Zealand stores and expands its footprint um, in the physical world as well as online. Now, getting to the companies that have been nominated to you, CBA is a buy for Junbei Lu. She says, in the operating environment that's only expected to get better, CBA will continue to perform, and she referenced the strong results this week. It's a hold, though, for Mark because he's not overly enthused by the big four banks in general. He would much rather prefer to be in Macquarie Bank. G&G Engineering for Junbei is a buy. She says this company is executing quite well. It's got a strong pipeline. And they have seemed to have avoided some of those severe labor shortages that some of the other mining services, if we want to call them that, firms have flagged. Uh, This isn't one that Mark would be buying. If anything, he would um, prefer to be in Worley. It's got a bit more exposure to the renewable space, uh, more clean and green. And uh, he'd be trimming, in fact, a holder trim for him. Seven West Media, congrats, David. You've done so well. (laughs) on this company so far buying it at just over seven cents but Junbei says just hold your horses so does Mark because this could have some more life in it not only does it report next week where it will likely talk about a a pretty solid outlook if you think that the election is coming so just more that you can squeeze out of this potentially in this cycle so it is a hold hold and even for Mark saying it's potentially a buy in the lead up to the report which will be positive they've played that strategy with nine before results in the past and it's worked out quite well for them Mervac uh, look very high quality business uh, in June Bay's books but um, think about the cycle think about where we are in terms of interest rates and the housing market and bond yields it's a hold for her it's a hold for Mark but he again would really prefer to be in industrial property names Sonic Healthcare, Helios is really the one that uh, both my guests, Verity, think that you should be buying if that's what you're considering. Uh, because perhaps the earnings have peaked, things will get tougher out there. Potentially, in June Bay's view, if you're looking to buy it, you could get it cheaper. And um, yeah, again, Mark just thinks that Helios is the one. And, and also pointing out that technically it's looking weak right now. As you know, we've got our own portfolio. We've been tracking it since July 1st of last year. Weekly, we are up 2.2% on the month. We are down, though, by three and three quarters. So we're actually underperforming the ASX index, I'll note. And year to date, we're up by 5.36%. But of course, we've been tracking it since uh, July 1st, 2020. And we're up by close to 42% on this day. Now, uh, just that update on the portfolio, just like to keep you well informed. On March 1st, we are launching a new portfolio. We're kicking it up a notch. It's going to be a high conviction fund. 
much smaller basket of stocks. We'll be taking requests and covering 11 stocks every day as per normal and still asking our guests for a buy, hold or sell. So that will be sort of the first filter. So if the stocks get a buy or a sell, just like they, they do now, they will be going to an, an investment committee. So the investment committee will meet monthly. They'll decide whether to add or remove stocks from the fund, including weightings. And the whole point of this is to, I guess, give you a look at the sausage factory. So how do real investors think about portfolio construction? Uh, what choices do you have to make um, between companies when perhaps you've already got one of similar ilk in there, uh, even if it's a good one that's been recommended? So we'll have an extra program about that. And I, I really hope you enjoy it. I'm really looking forward to it. So keep getting those requests in and we'll keep uh, those going to the filter and eventually the investment committee. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, next half hour, Aris Resources, Flight Center, Iris, AACO, and Temple and Webster. We'll start with AIS, Aris Resources. This is for Jake and Archer. I'm, I'm intrigued. I wonder if it's uh, father and son or what the story is there, but can we get uh, your view on Aris Resources, Mark? Uh, I've just, per chance, was looking around for uh, copper producers. We're quite bullish copper. Um, for, for the foreseeable future, uh, just with the infrastructure uh, infrastructure spending has been going on by governments uh, obviously electric vehicle thematic as well so um, this one has sort of popped up it's you know smaller market cap about 300 mil um, uh, look they've got fairly sensible management they've got a they've got an existing mine that's providing some cash flow um, it's not a great uh, it's not a great mine but it's kind of funding the uh, you know funding the exploration um, so they're not coming hat in hand to shareholders all the time um, I like that just in terms of uh, business ethics. You know, they're, they're paying for themselves, I suppose. Um, at the moment, obviously, it'd be being a smaller cap, um, you would have to just be careful how much you're allocating to it because the, the smaller caps do tend to, um, you know, volatile markets tend to whip around quite a bit. So this thing's only around about the 14 cent mark or 14 and a half cents. So can move around a bit. So you've got to be really careful with your entry price on this. Um, I mean, I like it. Um, I wouldn't be throwing the kitchen sink at it. I much prefer, we've been buying Oz Minerals for the last sort of week or so, which has um, popped out. Copper prices uh, also popped out pretty well. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, pretty nicely. So we, we're always buying Oz Minerals on the dip, uh, for, you know, for the, over the last year, and we've done very well out of that. So for, you know, for your investment grade sort of stuff, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be erring towards Oz Minerals. Sandfire would probably be just erring on the side of caution with that massive acquisition. But um, the copper thematic with the structural shortage of copper, there's not enough mines full production to meet, um, to meet the demand for at least the next 12 months. So, but look, that, I think that could, I'd, I'd say speculative buy. I'd be, I'd be happy to buy it. And probably around here with this 14, 14 and a half cent level is not too bad. But just be careful in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, your, your allocation sizing um, because it's, you know, you, you can't treat a, a big cap like Oz Minerals the same way as you mm -hmm. treat a small cap like this. But, um, yeah, no, I like the business and I, and I like the way they operate. So. Jim Bay, what, what do you think? I mean, the, the commodity story is well known, but to Mark's point, copper has been doing very, very well and uh, supply is uh, not meeting demand, especially in the years to come, it, it would appear at least. Would you stick with the big boys or are you happy to dip your toe with some of the smaller players in the space? <laughs> uh, look, I, the big boys for sure, um, especially the big boys, Oz Mineral has had a big pullback after it, uh, you know, slight disappointment to the production report. Um, so it is, uh, you know, Oz Mineral used to be the, the most expensive copper company, uh, maybe a month ago, um, around the world. Um, but it is the one of the highest quality management team and highest quality, um, you know, mine site and things. So, you know, um, so it has come back quite a bit and, um, you know, relatively it looked a lot cheaper than what it was. Um, it's trading on full earning about that 13, 14 times. Um, you know, still more expensive than many of them, but this is the world class 
you know, sort of assets and management. So I would be buying that. Now, having said that, that little one, uh, it's even cheaper because it's smaller. It's a little bit more speculative. In an environment where copper will do pretty well, I do feel that it's something that you can buy as a speculative product, if we put it that way, um, but much a smaller position in the portfolio because you know, speculative business is not something you can um, just put in your bottom drawer and know it'll be okay, whereas Osmiro you can. But the other one, it's got to follow it much closer in terms of what's happening, exploration and all of that. Got it. Okay, so that's a specy buy. I'm happy with that. And uh, that will go in the portfolio and we'll deal with it later, how we weight it <laughs> or whether we, we stick with Oz Minerals ahead of it. I'm so looking forward to this investment committee. Lucky there's an investment committee yeah, coming yeah. up. So. <laughs> All right, Flight Center's next on the list for Rashimi FLT. We had that big announcement for the government this week, international flights. Uh, happening and tourism are allowed inbound tourists are allowed in from the 21st have you missed the boat with flight center though because we have seen the share price spike june bay look i don't think you've missed the boat um look share price spike on the basis of things are going to look great but when the result comes all these three companies so you know, webjet fly center corporate travel i think is okay but the other two definitely come down right so because expectations of earnings recovery is too soon and there's been a lot of disruptions caused by Omicron around the world and so you know on that basis they their earnings are all going to be downgraded at this result reporting season um, and uh, but look forward I will absolutely look for opportunity to buy um, the fly center I will put it on a um, sort of you know longer term buy at this point um, knowing short term the earnings might get downgraded and you know share price may fall um, usually when earning goes down, share price will go down as well. So share price might fall. Uh, and then we may have, have still yet to have a lot of pickup in terms of new variants and mm -hmm. all of that. In fact, I think I had a dream about new variants coming out. But look, oh. you know, we have... that's, that's called a nightmare, Jumbe. That's called a nightmare. <laughs> and uh, so a lot of the things go wrong. But if you take a two-year view, we will be going through the biggest travel boom. So if you want to buy travel companies, Quantas and, you know, the, the travel agents. So it's definitely a high on the agenda. Okay, so that's a, a buy, but it is for long term, knowing that you could see the share price go down in the short term. Mark? I'm a seller, right. um, to be honest. Uh, possibly, um, you know, time frame being the difference in uh, mm -hmm. my opinion to Jumbo's. Um, uh, and, of, and as well, we probably prefer Webjet over um, that Webbeds business was the fastest growing B2B business in the world and the second biggest uh, pre-COVID. Um, I think Flight Centre's got a fair bit more debt uh, than Webjet as well. I, I don't want to be I, I don't want to be in the space at the moment. I think you I think you take your money and run um, with these two businesses with the uplift. Um, I think we'll be a lot slower to return to travel um, than than everyone expects. Um, I think there's there's possibly better better ways to um, to reflect a reopening view that, that are a little bit safer overall. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, this would be something that I'd be putting on my watch list and and possibly just revisiting in say six months' mm -hmm. time when there's a little bit more stability. Um, yeah, I, it's it's really not uh, okay. It's really really not a space. I think we you know with and particularly with VIX above twenty as well is. I'm probably looking for a little bit more margin of safety uh, overall. Um, say your last year when the market was, you know, on a on a tear and just rallying fairly blindly, like you could, you had at least had the tailwind of the market behind you if you were okay. coming in and taking the risk on these stocks. I don't think you've got that just at the moment. And there's a lot of really high quality businesses out there that um, that are paying great dividend yields that are relatively. So it's almost opportunity cost. It's just, you don't it's need just to opportunity cost. Look, I'd, I'd just, yeah, I'd like to see the smoke clear um, a little bit and a little bit more surety around outlooks. Um, but, uh, and obviously Flight Centre was, mm -hmm. um, you know, was had, had branches and things as well. So uh, we're, we're, we think probably Webs is slightly better digital business. So it, um, yeah, look, it's just too much uncertainty for me. Okay. I, I'd be avoiding the space for now. And and because uh, I think you'll probably get something, get it cheaper at some stage when there's a scare. Okay, or, all right. So there you go. Iris is the next on the list. This one is for Tony. Mark, I'll start with you on Iris. It reports next week, of course. Uh, what do you think of the business? Uh, look, as a user of Iris, um, I'm not a massive, ma massive fan. I, over the years, I've been a professional trader for many years. It's, um, it's on the lower end of quality systems that I've ever used across the board. Um, I, I'm, 
I guess that probably sullies my view a little bit in terms of the company. Um, it's very surprising they, you know, they they had obviously that takeover um, talks at some stage and they didn't sort of take that on um, without, in lieu of an, there was no other competition. Um, it, it, they're going to have to uh, look as far as traders go who use Iris. You, you, know, you always see them complaining about Iris on Twitter. It's a but it's a re it's a really reliable system. It fits in with, quite well with the chess system. Um, the rest of the sort of the systems with the with the um, with the okay. bells and whistles. Are... Sorry, I just got to move it on a little bit. Yeah. So it, so you're not a buyer of Iris, but uh, but what no. about the charts? I mean, so that's personal opinion. What about the charts? The charts overall, uh, yeah. Look, it's it's sort of in no man's land. It's below the 200-day moving average. I'm I'm okay. I'm neither here nor there. I'd probably be a seller really overall. Sell. Okay. Sorry, Jim Bay. What what do you think of Iris? Uh, I R E the ticker code. What would you be looking for in the report next week? Uh, I don't think the report will be great. Um, I think Iris is uh, is a sell. Uh, it's a company. It's a very expensive company that doesn't really grow much. Uh, management has really struggled for growth, and uh, they have put out ever since the takeover potential um, interest. The party walked away, uh, which we don't know why they walked away. <laughs> they had a look at the books and walked away, and uh, and then uh, the management put out those really ambitious growth targets, which they never, well, they never demonstrated that they. There, it's a sell for Iris from both of my guests. Let's get to AACO from Damien. I mean, Jimmy, we heard from Grain Corp last week talking about how 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 positive things are looking right now. I chatted with Rabobank last week. Look, these companies really are able to make hay while the sun shines right now. Cyclical, yes, but is now the part of the cycle that you want to be getting into some of these companies, Jimmy? Uh, uh, well, it, the cycle has gone very, very well for all of them. You know, if you look at Grain Corp, and, like you said. Um, but look, Aco, I was just thinking, this is probably one of the longest uh, listed company, <laughs> um, and they have gone through so many challenges. And this business, they really just struggled to really make return on any investment. This business, um, look, it's uh, it, it always is very looks very expensive. Um, I look, I much rather if you want to play the cycle, much rather to play in. Or play in Elders, which is you know much easier to understand, and they generate return you know, when things are good. Whereas this one, that probably will be staying away. Okay, so that is an avoid from June Bay. This is for Damien, I should say. Hi, Damien. Mark's going to give you his view on AACO now. I grew up on a cattle farm, so oh, I've got you? a little bit of insight here. Um, they own about one percent of Australia's landmass. So with rural property prices being through the roof recently. Um, they're Queensland Northern Territory. Uh, they are. They're nearly 200 years old. Mm -hmm. 1824, I think they were. They were established. Um, they're selling direct to uh, the restaurants and um, direct, you know, direct into market. So they're not. They're obviously making a um, slightly better margin than say going to cattle sales, where, which coincidentally Elders runs. Um, I do like Elders as well. Uh, I think it's quite cheap at the moment. Um, they're trying to, they, they pretty much take a clip of just about every, you know, fertiliser, cattle sale yards, um, real estate. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty, it's, yeah, that would probably be my favoured one. But um, they've got 340,000 head of cattle. And I'm talking to my father, who still owns a farm. Um, uh, yearlings were $1,000 at, at sale. The big price has been going well. Yeah, they're now at tw uh, 2100 yeah. in, in the last year. So... That's a pretty big uplift, and particularly they've got breeding stock, uh, and they came through the drought relatively well, and they're now having to restock. And obviously, you know, being a massive landholder, um, there, there's potential upside. But yeah, as, as Jumbo said, they they just don't seem to pull a result out. Um, I, the, yeah, the track record of actually capitalising on on it's not necessarily great. But I mean, there's a lot of agricultural companies like that. But yeah, I really like Elders. Um, I I don't mind this one just on the just on the. Um, I think there's the ABR outlook is, is for another 18 months at least of favourable conditions. So it should have a tailwind behind it. So I don't, you know we probably buy this with a tight stop. Buy tight stop. Got it. And I think there was a bit of emotion tugging at the heart there oh. as well, Mark. Okay, let's go to stock number. Oh, we're already at number 10, Temple and Webster on the list. Now, Temple and Webster, of course, did report its results this week. It did get a big uplift on the day, if I'm uh, recalling correctly. 
Hey, Jume, I had an interesting conversation with Evan Lucas from InvestSmart because there's been a lot of attention paid to the fact that Temple and Webster has had to spend pretty big to, on sales and marketing to get you know, to get this traffic coming through, to get those sales. But Evan Lucas was pointing out that in his opinion, it's very much in startup mode. It's very much a company that is still going gangbusters for that growth and is willing to pay up for it, which I think his, his thesis was there's nothing wrong with that considering the nature of its business. What do you think? Oh, look, they need to spend. Um, it's, a, it's very, very important. Um, it's, it's actually a company that has, in the last couple of years, has been this big beneficiary of um, you know, pull forward the online furniture spend or, you know, homeware type of spending. Um, and it has really established itself to be, um, you know, the you know most go-to um, uh, sort of homeware business um, online uh, here in Australia. So it just, it's, it's, it's incredible market position. And to stay at that position online, you have to spend. And that's, you know, that's something we all know. And especially at this point when uh, e-commerce transaction potentially will be a little bit lower because people going out and other things for travel. Um, so potentially volume will be lower in the next 12 months and all the e-commerce businesses will start spending more and we heard you know, all the marketing costs going higher. So it is a common thing across all the industry and they need to continue to do so. And that is one big uncertainty, I guess, in terms of margin. Company result reported, result actually was fantastic. Uh, revenue was strong, you know, still holding up pretty well. They're still in double digit, sort of uh, over 20% growth, um, you know, on last year. And then the margin actually holding up better than expected. So I think this out of the whole bunch, this is one I would buy compared to, hmm. you know, other e-commerce businesses. So um, if you take a longer view, longer term view, you will buy it. Um, however, I think for the near term, uh, earnings, go, it's going to be challenging because they're cycling such strong numbers and because they're relative to the other companies. It's a neutral for me at this point, but I would buy it if I take a uh, one-year view. Okay, so buy on a longer-term view. Um, yeah, we always reference cycling those pandemic comps for these e-commerce retailers. This is for Callum. What do you think, Mark, Temple and Webster? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same opinion as Jumbo. I'm a bit more of a wait and see. They were great results. Um, their active customers were up 35%, but um, and their revenues were up per customer as well. So. Obviously, they've got supply chain disruptions. Um, look, they're 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 essentially. I mean, at this stage, with the where sort of the the broader market, I think something like Nick Scarley or JB Hi-Fi, that's you know really solid performers. It would be probably if I'm going into this space. Um, but JB Hi-Fi is quite different than Temple and Yeah, Western. look, they. I mean, they are different. Um, I'm just, I guess I suppose in just terms retailers, of retail, in general. retailers in general. Uh, more so hunting for a little bit more yield and a little bit more margin of safety. Um, but yeah, look, I, this is something that, yeah, I definitely have on the watch list because I think everyone expected them just to fall away after COVID. And I think the, those results really proved that um, their strategy is you know, potentially working quite well. So they are expensive. Um, and yeah, it's, it'd be just something that I, I'd like to see potentially just a little bit cheaper, but whether you get it or not, or, or on, um, showing some momentum back to the upside. Um, yeah. I, I, I think they've um, I think they've done quite well. So that is the view on Temple and Webster, and uh, that pretty much I'm surprised brings us. Gosh, she would be proud. I'm on time. Brings <laughs> us to the end of the program. Uh, before I say goodbye, I'm going to do a little bit of a wrap up of what we've learned um, because I'm hoping I can have a minute to just maybe talk about uh, reports coming next week. Aris Resources, it is a specky buy from both of my guests. They like copper. They love Oz Minerals. I'll put it that way. Flight Center, it is a buy from June Bay, a long term buy. There's still water to go under the bridge in the travel space, and that's probably why Mark is not too keen on Flight Center. It's a time frame thing, and it doesn't have the broader thematic, you know, market momentum behind it either. Iris, it's a sell for both of my guests. Um, Jumbe says it is an expensive company that doesn't seem to grow much. AACO, I think Mark um, likes this one, <laughs> a cattle farmer, but um, but he also points out that it owns 1% of Australia's land mass. I didn't know that. That's going to be my fun fact this weekend. Mm. Roll it out at all the parties I go to, but it is a buy <laughs> for Mark. He likes elders. So does Jumbe. Really likes elders. Um, Jumbe thinks that AACO just hasn't executed very well. It's been on Struggle Street a number of times. Temple and Webster, 
Jumbe's neutral on it right now, but she really likes the company. She says the report was fantastic. She would buy it, but with a longer term view. In fact, she says that this company is potentially the best that we've talked about on the program today. And Mark, he, it's just a timing thing for him. He thinks he'll be able to get it cheaper. He's more of a wait and see, wants to see it either cheaper or when the momentum turns. And, and it, you know, the, the cycle or the, the charts, really, the price starts to really reinforce um, what appeared to be in that report, which was pretty solid in his view as well. So those are the stocks. Quick thought, Mark, I heard you out in the newsroom talking about BHP. It is one of the big headliners from reporting season next week. Are you expecting it to be strong? I mean, why wouldn't it be? Iron ore is at 150. Yeah, but- uh, Did come down though in that half. We, yeah, but we're, we're fairly close to um, prices we're at when iron ore was at $200. Yeah. So, um, I, look, I, I probably think there's, you know, we have mineral resources this week. Uh, they, obviously, they're a higher cost producer, but, you know, they came off 10%. Uh, they've got a few headwinds going there. We, there's obviously labour shortage issues. Some, something like Fortescue, I'm definitely trimming at the moment. Um, I don't think they're going to, they've had lower six-month average prices uh, for the commodities. Um, I think BHP's got the unification one-off costs and things as well. Mm-hmm. We're at really elevated prices here at the moment. So I don't think it's worth the risk um, carrying your, your full position through the reporting. Um, I think you'll get an opportunity, if they do report well, to buy back roughly around here anyway. Um, but I, I really think that where the price is at the moment, there's there's maybe 5% more upside and, and maybe mm-hmm. a hell of a lot more downside. So both both always staples, uh, particularly you know in, in this point of the cycle. Um, and obviously China rattling their spears about uh, iron ore prices again as well. I think it took about a month and a half for that to play out before it turned last time. So they've only just started with that. But uh, yeah, like I said, I think there's too much, uh, too much risk here at the moment. Well, I've been trimming out the last couple of days. Uh-huh. Uh, with a view to put it back on. Okay, so BHP reports next week. Fortescue does on the 16th as well. Bay, we've got JB Hi-Fi. We have CSL. We have a number of the companies that we discussed today. Iris, Seven West Media, Seek reports next week. Um, you know, the list, Corporate Travel Management. I could, I could go on. Um, what are you really sort of still looking forward to hearing more from, a company or a theme through this reporting season? Look, I think the theme has been set. Um, you know, we will hear uh, the stay-at-home um, guys like the JB Hi-Fi and things. The things good, but then look forward to things challenging. There shouldn't be any surprises out of JB. But there is one, I think, the result is going to be very strong and very positive outlook, which see. Share price actually come off as a result of, um, you know, growth company sold off. Uh, but if any company will have upgrade, this one is uh, is well in the camp of a very strong upgrade. forward to that. CSL has been sold off. I think um, essentially it's because they are, you know, the IG volume is still very, very weak from the competitors uh, thing. But I think look, there's a lot of negativity in the share price. I think when the result comes out, maybe okay. Um, and uh, I think overall theme reporting season, you know, we're not having a bad reporting season. It's pretty good. Um, it's just the macro overview sort of throwing it around. But look, put that aside, fundamentally very strong for companies. Uh, earnings still growing and outlook still looks good. Supply chain disruption for some issues for the margin, but over the next six months, we should see that better. So, you know, so it'll be pretty good reporting. Great. Jim Bailu from Tribeca Investment Partners. It's so good to have a chance to speak again. I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, you too. Thank you. And Mark Gardner joining us from Macro Capital. Likewise, I'm sure those four, four girls plus <laughs> will keep you very busy this weekend. Have a good one. Indeed, yeah. All right. If you have any companies that you'd like us to cover, feel free. The call at osbiz.com.au is the email, or you can tweet us at TV. And a reminder that you can look at that portfolio. We talk about a lot at osbiz.com forward slash portfolio. Mm-hmm.